to Totalus Rankium. This week, Jump 5. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I am Rob. And it is. It is 166. Number of the lesser beast. It's John <laughs> 5. Editing Rob here at the start just to introduce you to yet another Rexypod. Meredith. And my name is Dustin. And we're the host of The Alexander Standard. <clears throat> That's better. Inspired by Rex Factor Podcast, we rank all the successors of Alexander the Great, from Perdiccas to Cleopatra VII. After Alexander the Great died, really hit the fan. Seriously, the Hellenistic world was a crazy place. And we've got some crazy stories to tell you. So please come check out our show, The Alexander Standard. Oh, that's right. What's almost as good as Romans? It's the ancient Greeks. Sort of. Ancient Greeks Hellenistic world. You know what I mean. You just listen to the promo. Anyway, back to the regular episode. Over to you. Pass me. Yes, we're finally at John 5, Jamie, after doing John 6. Taking a while, but we're there. He's kind of been in our narrative for a while, has good old John, hasn't yeah. he? Getting up to stuff. Uh, but, but here he is. It's his episode. Are you expecting good things from John? No. 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 Oh, interesting. Well, we're, on, Why not? we're on the decline, so I think that everything now is going to be terrible. We're just biding time for the inevitable pulling of the cord from the machine that keeps the empire alive. I feel like the beeping slowing down. Beep. Wow, I'm Beep. I'm impressed. Beep. That's gotta be what? Few and thirty words you just said, and you've managed to sum it up just as well as I did in four thousand six hundred and twenty three words. Oh brilliant. Well, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for downloading yeah. some popularity in Stitcher. Should we do a bit more detail? Um, I think they've grown to expect it, to be honest, oh, after 165 episodes. So demanding. Yeah, fine, whatever. So demanding, but, eh, well, that's, <laughs> that's the life of a history podcaster, Jamie. <laughs> right, okay, let's do this. As you can imagine, John 5 does a lot. Yes. Because we've already covered a lot of what he did, and that's only the start of his reign. Yeah. So, fortunately, uh, as we have already covered civil wars and stuff, I'll be able to gloss over a little bit of it. But uh, let's let's just go, shall we? The year is 1332. 1332. That's quite a satisfying date, isn't it? It is. It's pretty good. I mean, he could have clung on for a little bit. He went for 1333, but... Yeah. Well, you know... Or he could have clung on a lot more and gone for 33-33. But, <gasps> Maybe he's trying yeah. that now. Maybe he's, he's not actually dead. He's just biding his time. Maybe, maybe. Okay, John was born to Andronicus III. Yes. And Anna of Sausage. Yes. If you remember. Oh, I remember Anna yes. of Sausage. Yes. They had been married for six years by this point, and they'd had at least one daughter, but John is their eldest son. To root you into the story, this was a few years after Andronicus III and his best friend John VI Cantacuzenos took over the empire, deposing the old Andronicus II. So John V is born in the purple in Constantinople. Hmm. It's his daddy's in charge. He won that civil war, remember? Yeah, he did. Perhaps, speculation time here, he was named after his father's best friend, John Cantacuzenos. Possibly. But if we've learned anything about the Romans whatsoever in all of this series, it's that they were really unimaginative with names. So maybe it was just his turn to be a John. Who knows? So they had like a six-sided die. 
It's like, what's it going to be? It's going to be Andronicus. Is it going to be Constantine? Is it going to be John? Let's see. Oh, that's John. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you've just named all of the names that we've had recently. Yep. So, yeah. Fun. Well, there is one more, but he'll he'll come into it all later. Right. Anyway, if he was named after John Cantacuzinos, his mother, Anna of Sausage, wouldn't have been happy. Remember, Anna of Sausage, obviously. They didn't get on. Well, they went to a whole civil war, which we've yeah. not hit yet in John 5's story, but we covered last time. So. Spoiler. Yeah. Yes. As per usual, nothing on his childhood. <laughs> nothing at all. You'll be pleased to know, however, that his childhood was rudely interrupted at an early age, so we do start knowing things. Yes, because when he was eight years old, his father dies suddenly. Daddy. The Emperor is dead. And as we covered in John 6's episode, John Kant Gazinos, let it be known that Anna of Sausage need not worry. I will look after the boy until he's old enough. Pinky promise. Yeah, we can only speculate on how John 5 saw the Civil War that then started when he was 8 and ended when he was 14. <laughs> Some serious formative years there and yeah. his, uh, his mother... Is going to war against Uncle John, who we might yeah, be named after. Now, like I say, we've covered this war before, so I'm not going to go through the detail. We're just going to cover it from John's perspective this time. The first major event that he perhaps would have noticed was that soon after Uncle John told him, don't worry, lad, and put his hand on his shoulder, I'll look after you. Mm. This was probably at the funeral of uh, his father. <laughs> yeah. John Cantacuzinos just wipes a tear away from the little oh. boy's cheek. Oh. It'll all be okay, little John. Will it? You are like a son to me. Oh, uh, yeah, well, it wasn't long after that uh, that his uncle was away from the city and he was almost kidnapped. No, sorry, I should, yeah. I should have laughed. It must have been very traumatic for everyone involved. <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> uh, all right. Because uh, if you remember, this was Apocalypse. He attempted to kidnap the young boy. Yes. Abkaukos was protégé of John Cantacuzinos and was promised a job running the Navy. And uh, he wanted to make sure he had a powerful position. And he thought kidnapping the young emperor would, I don't know, help somehow. Now, unfortunately for us, the kidnap plan was foiled in the planning stage. So that actually there was every chance that the little boy John was completely unaware of the plot. That's nice. I mean... That's nice for John, yeah. but bad for our narrative, which would have been far more interesting had he been aware of it and had to do a daring escape or something. Ah, but well. No, not to be. And, as you know, Jamie, we're not one to sort of bend the truth and speculate on what could have happened. No, of course not. We're very factual. Cold, hard facts here. Mm. Uh, however, if he did get wind of the kidnapping... He would have been very confused when the man who was about to kidnap him suddenly showed up at the palace and was working with Mummy and the scary religious man who had also shown up recently. He's the one that keeps shouting things at me. Yes, exactly. Shortly after this, in 1342, little John was crowned. As in, like, punched or... No, as in a crown put on his head, Jamie. Oh. He's now crowned emperor. He was declared co-emperor before, but he's now crowned. Awesome. Uh, everyone over a certain age would have seen this for what it was. John VI had just been declared emperor by his troops, and Anna and the Patriarch wanted to one-up him. So John V was crowned. John V, too young to probably understand that. He probably just enjoyed a day of celebrations 
apart from the really tedious, boring religious speeches part from the scary religious man, probably. Do you, do you think John 5 was given like an oversized, slightly comical crown to be bigger than John 6's? <laughs> well, I mean, the crown's already not going to fit him properly because he's a kid. So. It's more of like a dress than like a big hula hoop kind of thing. It's like, here is your crown. Might as well go all in if the crown's not going to fit. Yeah. You might as well make it humorous. Mm. Oh, with a scary religious guy as well. Sinner! Just shouting that every <laughs> every time he sees him. Repent, and thou shall be saved. He said that as he was throwing the big hula hoop-sized yes. crown across the room, yeah. trying to land it on top of John 5, so it goes on him and then lands on the floor. It took quite a few attempts he... as well. Many soldiers yes. were killed in the process. <laughs> So, yeah, a very, very religious and sombre affair. Yeah, yeah. Cold hard facts. So there you go. Uh, John V is emperor and he is crowned and he is in charge of half an empire that's in the middle of the civil war. Wonderful. Not, not what you want when you're a grown lad. No. Uh, over the next few years of war, I'm guessing he slowly began to understand what was happening more and more. <laughs> oh, Uncle John wants to kill me. Uh, maybe. I mean, he keeps saying he doesn't, but no. mommy says he does. So that's not good. And I trust mummy. Well, there would have been a period where his mother and the scary religious man Sinner! Uh, seemed. <laughs> well, they seemed quite happy. Sinner. It would have. <laughs> it would appear that uh, John Six was losing, uh, yeah. but then, as we covered. There was then a period where John Six was winning, and I imagine Mummy and Scary Religious Man would have been a bit more upset. Yeah. Sinner. So when he's around 13 or 14, he would have received news, along with his mother, that Dushan of the Serbs has declared himself emperor. Not another one. Yeah, and John Six has crowned himself. Not just declared himself emperor, he's been crowned. By this time... John V would have had a fairly large understanding of how important this actually was. Yeah. But you're my new daddy. <laughs> well, as far as we can tell, um, he's still not actually wielding any power. It's definitely all coming from his mother and the patriarch. Uh, it would appear he was just shielded away as a figurehead all this time, uh, which is understandable. The kid's only 13. Yeah. You don't want 13-year-olds in charge of your civil Absolutely war. Not. Anyway, shortly after this, uh, he would have witnessed or perhaps even been part of the patriarch and his mother falling out. You remember his mother, Anna of Sausage, then got a whole bunch of bishops yeah. together to try and get rid of the patriarch. This is a scary religious dude. Yes. yes. Oh. oh, good. Yes, yeah, so a scary religious guy's uh, on his way out. But then literally the night that the bishops were getting together to get rid of the patriarch, things got real, as Ooh. they said back then. Because that's when John Six stormed the city. Shiznit hit the fan. The bogeyman of his childhood, the man his mother had been warning him against all his life, it felt, had entered the city. Anna and John Five barricaded themselves into a section of the palace. And then word reached them, John Cantagazinos says, don't worry, I'm not going to harm you. John's mother did not believe it and they refused to move. <laughs> Then soldiers start burning the doors down. It's a bit excessive, right? Well, they need to get in somehow. Key? <laughs> Eventually, according to John Cantacuzinos, at this point, John Five persuades his mother to give up. Come on, Mum. We've lost. It's literally just you and me, the chambermaid. And a table. And Jeff. Oh, Jeff. And a table. Oh. Yeah, exactly, which, um, let's face it, the table's higher up that pecking order. <laughs> More useful. So, let, let's give up. But why? Why does he give up and not Anna? 
Is it because he was more trusting of Uncle John? Possibly, because, you know, he grew up with him, didn't he, for like four years Well, he or did, so, yeah. So. He was he was his father's best friend. Mm. Maybe he had fond memories of him growing up. Maybe he was just more realistic and realised there's no point fighting, we've lost. Who knows? What we do know is John Cant Kazinos wins the war. And to John V's relief, John VI Cant Kazinos does not murder him and his mother. Hooray! Yay! Just Chuck a, that up as a win. Just a mild blinding. Uh, no, oh. not even a blinding. Hacker? Uh, maybe, maybe he was forced to wear uh, a bowl cut. Ooh. We are in the Middle Ages yeah, now. Point. Probably a bowl cut. Even back then it was bad. Oh, everyone knew it was bad. But like mullets are bad. Everyone knows they're bad. Ooh. So anyway, it's decided no blindings. To, not like the old days. People don't go around blinding people anymore, Jamie. Uncouth and civilised. Maybe they assault the nose then. No, 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 nothing at all. It was decided that John V would be junior emperor for 10 years. Oh. And then become joint emperor in 10 years' time. Yeah. I mean, this is what we did last week, so... Makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense that I haven't changed the narrative completely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good that the episodes match up with each oh, other. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it, it's all good. Uh, John Cantor Casinos also tells little John, uh, good news, my son. You're, um, you're going to get married. You're going to get married to my daughter, Brilliant. Helena. Because yeah. I guess being at the age of like 14, that's probably the one thing you really want. He's, he's uh, more like 14 going on 15 oh, at this point. He definitely, so I'm, definitely I'm, wants to get married. I'm sure he was more than happy to get married. Now, as ever, it is very hard to judge how relationships are uh, over such a vast period of time, uh, next to impossible. But we do know one thing, that the two of them eventually have 11 children together. Oh, so, so things happened. The re- yeah, the relationship can be described as productive, if mm. nothing else. Rampant, one might say. Yes. So, there you go. That's for later. First of all, um, a wedding needs to take place. Yes. A couple of years had passed, and the couple were around 16 when they got married. Celebrations abound, mm. as they wed in May of 1347. That's 1347, Jamie. I don't know if you remember that date. That is the year of the Black Death. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, dear. They got married in May of 1347. The Black Death hit literally about a month later. Ah, wonderful. It would have been a tense time for the newlyweds. They would have still been in the getting to know each other. Not mm. not in the getting to know each other stage, no. but the literal getting to know each other stage. The, the two probably hadn't seen each other for years. Good they would point. have grown up in their early life together. <laughs> they were roughly the same age as each other. But yeah, they've been on opposite sides of the Civil War. So they're just so, standing in a room, drinking tea, talking about the weather kind of stage. Well, it would have been like that if times were normal, but literally everyone is dying all around That's true. them. Oh, look, another body, my dear. They were quiet. Yeah, the, the tea's got, like, fingers in it and stuff <laughs> because someone's just falling apart trying to make it. It's, it's not good. But apparently there's very little to do when you're locked up away from the poor, avoiding the plague. So what do you do to keep yourself entertained? Uh, mm. Well, there's certainly one thing, because nine months later... A boy was born. This was Andronicus IV. <gasps> he becomes emperor. Put a box around Andronicus. Done. We are going to get to know him a bit better, and then he's going to get his own episode. Anyway. Mm. Meanwhile, John Cantacuzinus, as we saw, is struggling to keep hold of an empire ravaged by civil war and plague. And Dushan is taking huge chunks out of the empire, whilst the Turks are taking little nibbles. Generally, the empire's falling apart. Now we get into events that we covered in Matthew's episode rather than John Cantacuzinos's. Yep. John V, he's about 20 by this point, and he's finally about to see some action. 
see some fighting. Oh, brilliant. He's led a very shouted life up until this point. Let, 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 wait, uh, before, well, let me let me just fetch my golden sword with the rubies in it. He's very eager. <laughs> Jamie, the Empire has no money. Oh, let me fetch my if tin If they had pops. a golden sword <laughs> with rubies in, it was definitely sold to the Venetians. All right. Remember... Uh, his mother, Hanno Sausage, during the Civil War had to sell off all the crown um, jewels to pay for it. Yeah. They're broke. They're very broke. Then wait, wait, let me fetch my mercury sword. It's in this bucket. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, anyway, Dushan, king of the Serbs, was about to take Thessalonica, the empire's second city. John VI was going to go to protect it, but the city was full of zealots, remember? Yes. I was wondering if I still had my book. I've got it, but it's behind the microphone, so I'll just have to... Memorise the square. Well, it's a triangle, isn't it? Yes. Oh, do, do you want to get the triangle out? I'll, I'll get my triangle out. Go on. Then. Ding. <laughs> That's a little music joke for you. There you go. Got it. Vague geographical triangle of knowledge Don't is out. Don't insult maps by calling it geographical. Topological. You can't just say words. It's, it's, it's good, Jamie. It's good. Right, anyway. Can you see where Thessalonica is on the map? Uh, Thess, Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's been taken over by a bunch of zealots. It's practically independent at the moment. It's got a Z in a circle next to it, so I, I've, yeah, I've got that. That will be why. Right. Well, Dushan and the Serbs are going to go and take it, and the zealots running the city realise, oh, there's no way we can defend ourselves. So they grit their teeth and they ask for help from the emperor. <laughs> but a lot of people in the city really don't like Cantacuzinism. So he decides, tell you what, Little John Five, you're coming with me. We're going to go and save Thessalonica, and you being there with me will make people in the city happier. So, the two emperors set out. Mm. John Five probably would have been very amused when Matthew, the older emperor's son we covered last time, yes. failed to show up <laughs> due to the Turkish mercenaries he had with him just deciding to go home. <laughs> All very embarrassing for Matthew. Hey. Yes. And the city was saved. Hurrah! Uh, John V decides to stay in Thessalonica. He was fed up of being under the thumb of the older man, and here he had supporters. The city proved it. Uh, so when John VI headed back to the capital, John remained in Thessalonica. Hmm. We split the empire. Not formally, but that's we're all from our different yeah, cities. topographically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> John V, however, did not stop there. According to the sources, he started to listen very closely to advisors in Duchenne's pocket, saying, you know what, little John V, that old man, he don't deserve the throne. You could take it. Soul Emperor. You're young. With just oh, beautiful eyes. Just a little help. Little help from your friend Dushan, King of the Serbs. Uh, you could definitely take the throne. Mm. And if you don't, then well, that total and utter cant will probably put his son on the throne, won't he? And Matthew will take your place. That is the kind of thing a cant would do. Well, that's exactly what John Five starts yeah. thinking. Yeah, so he starts talking to, to Dushan. Okay, uh, what exactly would your help look like? And uh, what what do you want? I mean, obviously, you're not doing this out of the goodness of your own heart, so you must want something. We would like all of your gold. No. No, I have no gold. <laughs> uh, well, um, Dushan obviously was trying to put on a puppet emperor yeah. uh, to the throne uh, so he could rule the Roman Empire. He'd already declared himself the Roman Emperor once before, true, remember? Yeah. Yeah, so this was an obvious ploy by Dushan. Um, but John V was willing to listen. They'd only just started their talks when, oh, who's this turning up at the city? It's mother. 
Hey, Mama. Yeah, Anna of Sausage arrived in the city, saw what was going on. All we know for certain is that uh, Dushan was close to the city and then retreated. We can <laughs> infer that John Five got a huge telling off from his mother. <laughs> you bloody idiot! <laughs> yes. And do you think Dushan um, just heard the shouting and thought, oh, that's, yeah, that's not worth it? Uh, probably. Oh, and he... you guys out there, you Serbians! He's just a boy! <laughs> Leave him alone! Yeah. <laughs> he don't know his right from wrong. You should be ashamed of yourself! Yeah, you, get, you do get a sense that a lot of uh, interesting politics was going on at this time that we just don't have information on. Uh, because Anna of Sausage then sets herself up as the leading person in Thessalonica. Yeah. So you get the sense there was a clear Paleologos faction in Thessalonica. Yeah. And... Um, John Five wasn't allowed to lead it anymore because he'd already ruined it. I've been a naughty so, boy. Yeah, Anna of Sausage takes over instead and sends her son packing. Go back to the capital. That's yeah. quite tragic, isn't it? Really? That really, really is. Um, no, I don't want to go. I'm the emperor. I'm the emperor. I mean, he'd not given up and... Um, Perhaps he and his mother had been talking about a more sensible way of gaining power than inviting the Serbians in. Because when he arrived in the capital, he told John VI that he wanted an area to rule himself. I can't stay here in the capital. <laughs> you see that tile to your left? Stand there. That is your place to rule. <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't quite like that. If you remember Matthew's episode, he asked for Thrace, mm. and he would rule from Diddy Town. Now, if you remember, Diddy Town currently had Matthew in it, who was ruling not all of Thrace, but a good chunk of Thrace. So, essentially, give me the land that you gave your son Matthew. Prove to me that you're not trying to replace me, and my faction will remain calm. Bribery. Yeah, well, John VI did not want another civil war. The Empire was already really in a bad state. He couldn't afford to upset the Paleologos faction. So he went with it. He tried to soothe his son Matthew over by giving him Adrianople, remember? Yeah. But, um, yeah. He was not Doesn't, happy, was he? He was not happy. Uh, the two young men in two cities almost next door to each other soon come to blows. Uh, if you remember, Matthew's mother visited John Five and Matthew to try and smooth ruffled feathers, and it really did not work because soon after that visit, John Five raised some troops and attacked Matthew. Like, actual fighting. Was it just, like, yeah. drunken louts from the pub? Was it properly armed? No, it's, I, I mean, it wasn't a large force, but it was a force with actual swords and stuff. Four Jeffs and O'Brien. <laughs> well, uh, people were mostly with John Five Paleologos. The Paleologos faction were more popular with the general population, remember. Uh, John Six and Matthew had support from the powerful. Yeah. So that that's where the power dynamic lay. Uh, but the most important thing was that Dushan and the Serbs then came to help John V. And Orhan of the Ottoman Turks came to help the Kantakazinos size. And that's the real war that happened. It was the Serbians versus yeah. the Turks using <laughs> the Roman Civil War as a proxy war. They're just in the way. See, that's a bad... That, I mean, that's a sign of it, isn't it, how bad everything is to the Romans at this point. It's like we're just oh, using you as worse, a. Believe oh, me. real. Now, as we saw, uh, John Five loses out in these skirmishes. He was not exiled, honest, uh, to an island <laughs> called Tenedos. Now, I mentioned Tenedos briefly last time, but Tenedos comes into the story a bit more this week. So let's be clear where this is. This is a small island at the mouth of the Hellespont. 
which is the little strip of water that links the Black Sea to the Mediterranean. As you can imagine, okay. very important to trade. Yeah. If you can control the Hellespont, you, you control the trade of a huge portion of the known world at that time, which is why Constantinople has always been so profitable, because it can control the Hellespont. Uh, now, having this island would also help. And fortunately, the Romans still have this island at this point. So how big is this island? Because I'm imagining... It's not a big island. I was going to say, I'm imagining something like, I don't know, the size of a, a school. It is a... a, a and a gate. Small to medium <laughs> Greek island. Oh, okay. One of those ones that if you if you went at it, you'd be able to walk around it in a day kind of oh, thing. okay. It had had a palace slash fort on it. Beaches? Yeah, beaches. It had a dock. It, yeah, it was it was... Yeah, don't don't think abandoned. This is like mm. a, a real place where people okay. were, um, and it could be fortified. Uh, yeah, so John Five goes to live on Tenedos. As we saw in Matthew's episode, he did not give up at this point. He attempted a couple of times to enter the capital. By this point, John Five was convinced if he could just get into the capital, get into the palace, sit on the throne, then <laughs> everything the people would be get fine. behind him. <laughs> Well, yeah, because he's, he's convinced, and to be honest, he was probably right. The city preferred him. The city did not like the Kant Gazinos well, fa- faction. Yeah, they've got more legitimacy because, as well. Yeah, Paleologos have more legitimacy, and Constantinople was the seat of power for the Paleologos side during the Civil War. So all he needs to do is get back to that capital. Uh, he, he could take it. He can't take it by force, but if he can sneak in, that might do. So he attempts uh, a couple of times. To, to sail up and sneak in through the walls, but both times fail. Uh, he's spotted by troops who are paid handsomely by the Kant Gazinos side to turn the emperor away, and he's chased off. What's going to be one of the most pathetic attempts of an invasion <laughs> of Constantinople ever? It was literally him in a boat with a few people. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guards, boo! <laughs> Run away! <laughs> As we saw in Matthew's episode... John Six, by this point, realises, I've no, it's no good. Uh, I've tried to keep the peace between the two families, but I'm going to have to crown my son Matthew. And Matthew was crowned, which is why he got an episode. Uh, if it wasn't clear before, it was now. John Five was being shut out. Yeah. Then, one day, John Six and Matthew suddenly turned up at Tenedos. Oh, hello. Can we talk things through? I know things got a bit tense, but... Come on, we don't need to go to civil war. Seriously, said John Six, as ever, trying to avoid a civil war at all costs. I hope they're all wearing their crowns at this point. Well, I mean, they wouldn't know, because John Five, around 25 at this time, had nothing to say and refused to talk to them. La, 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 can't yep. hear you. Didn't even get to the, the palace area oh, on the island. They just turned away, so... Off they go. Soon after this, John Five attempted another sneak into the city, uh, and this time it worked. He managed to sneak in. Three days of riots took place, and then the two Johns met. They came to an agreement to jointly rule and cut Matthew out. But then John Five, clearly seeing his power rising, decided to go all in and force John Six to abdicate. Wow. Which was the end of John Six's episode. Yeah. That's when he becomes a monk and then lives for another 30 years and writes all his history. Nice. And then shortly afterwards, Matthew, remember the end of his episode, was kidnapped by some mercenary Serbians. And John Five, probably laughing, bought him and then sent him off to Moria, which, if you remember, is the bottom of the triangle. Yes. Bottom of Greece. With the mines. Lots of mines in Moria. 
Lots of minds, exactly. So that catches us up with the narrative from John 5's point of view. So everything from now on is brand new stuff. <gasps> Exciting. What are your thoughts on him so far? Um, determined. Yeah. Arguably successful. Mm-hmm. He managed to take the empire. He's now sole ruler. Yeah. He has a wife and between one and 11 children. So he's doing... Well, he definitely has another son by this point. Mm. Also, he didn't have to one use the Serbs either to help him. No, no, he didn't in the end, which, which uh, is good, is good yeah. but we're, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to um, have a guess at the name of his uh, other son? John? It's not John, no, no. He's already got Andronicus four. Andronicus five. No. <laughs> Even the Romans aren't that bad. <laughs> no, his, uh, his second son is called Manuel. Oh, brilliant. Duh. <laughs> Oh, even better. Dos. Put a box around. Well, Manuel yeah, I suppose Dos. it would be Dos, wouldn't it? <laughs> Manuel Dos. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, yeah, put a box around him time as well. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, right, okay. Let's, let's find out why you're putting boxes around all sorts of people, shall we? Right. John 5 looks around. He has now taken the Empire back from the Cantacuzenos family. The Empire is in Paleologos' hands once again. The year is 1357. Time for a Roman Golden Age. <laughs> after all, after all, Dushan had died. Remember, yeah. uh, leaving the Serbian Empire in disarray—that was their biggest challenge. The Tsar of the Bulgars had just agreed to engage his daughter to his son Andronicus IV. So nice. there's an alliance nearby. That's yeah. good, and they do indeed get married. Uh, the Genoese were on John V's side for various reasons. I've kind of cut all of the backing of the Venetians and the Genoese in the Roman Civil War because it gets very complex very quickly. They keep swapping sides. They don't care about the Empire. They're trying to one-up each other. Yeah. Uh, but just know, at this point, the Genoese are on John V's side. The Venetians, not too happy with John V, but happy enough to go along with him being emperor, mainly because they had the crown jewels. So the Paleologos family owed them a lot of money to get the crown jewels back. Yeah. So it's like, fine, you can stay being emperor, it's more likely you'll be able to pay us all that money you owe us. So, that sounds good. The two naval superpowers are fine with him being on the throne. He's mm -hmm. just got himself an ally next door, and the major threat to the empire has suddenly disappeared. Time for that golden age, yeah? No. No. No, no. He was in deep, deep, deep. Sh <laughs> and he knew it he knew it he woke up in the morning swung his legs onto the floor and it was just squelching oh that's what it was he had to wade through it to get to breakfast he did did you think he did a julianus in the middle of the night Julianus went ah! <laughs> quite possibly then turned around stood in the the, the yeah the mess he spent all his life trying to become the sole emperor and then looks around and just goes, oh dear. What have I done? Why is he in so much trouble? Well, the empire, which had been shrinking as the Serbians and the Turks took regions, was now pitifully small. They still had the capital, Constantinople, and the lands around it. They still sort of had Thrace, but it was patchy and shaky. <laughs> they had a few streets. Yeah, I mean, they had, they had Adrianople still which was good, but there were definitely areas in Thrace that were just not in their control anymore. Um, they still had Thessalonica, the second city, and in fact they had that arguably more now than they did before because the zealots have lost power. Uh, so they had that and the coast around it, and they sort of had Moria in the south of Greece, but remember Manuel Cantacuzenos was running that, 
and uh, his brother Matthew had gone down to stay with him. So the Cantagazinos faction kind of had Moria, but technically it was in the Empire. But they're holding off the goblin attack, so it's not too bad. Exactly. They were very busy, uh, and also they dug too deep and too greedily. They awoke the menace. So that's having to deal with shadow and flame. It's it's tricky. It's mm. just tricky. So they, they were busy. Anyway, the Serbian Empire falling meant that the middle of that triangle... Have a look at your triangle. Yep. The Serbian Empire falling apart means that that middle section is pretty much up for grabs. And the Turks were moving in fast and no one was able to stop them. After a couple of years of getting rid of John Cantacuzinos, Diddy Town falls to the Turks. No, not Diddy Town. Yeah, it's gone. No more music. As you can see. Well, as you can see, Diddy Town has uh, become quite an important town in the Empire. Yeah. And uh, it's gone. By this time, Orhan, by the way, has died. Oh. And uh, his son had become Sultan of the Ottomans. And this is a man named Morad. Morad. It was clear that the Ottomans were taking the fall of John VI as a sign to take as much as the empire as possible. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they didn't need an excuse, but what's that? You've just deposed... John Six. Remember, John Six was Orhan's father-in-law. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. the the Turks could say, "Oh, you just you deposed our Sultan's father-in-law. How dare you!" Mm. So yeah, they were using it as an excuse, basically. Uh, Realising that the Ottomans were fast becoming a threat large enough to wipe out the Roman Empire completely, John sent the Patriarch to Dushan's widow. Can you help? You used to be our allies in that civil war. Can, can you help at all? Is any of your husband's troops still around? Is anyone in control over there? Can anyone just help? Help, please send help. They're all dead. Yeah, well, the patriarch um, died before he could achieve anything. He turned up. Uh, he went to Serbia and then uh, negotiated for a bit and then dropped down dead. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that didn't help. They're all dead. Yeah, um, and then the Bulgars started raiding the ports that the Romans had on the Black Sea. Oh, brilliant. Which is great. It's like, what was the point in my son marrying the daughter of the Bulgars are if they're just going to keep bloody raiding us? Yeah. Fine. Well, let's sort this out, said John. And he scraped together what he had, and he went to go and fight the Bulgars. (sighs) Two Jeffs and O'Brien. Well, make a note of this, because this is one of the few times where he actually goes and fights. Oh. Yes. But it was no good. He achieved very little. Could not stop the Bulgar raids. He could chase them away, but that was about it. And the Turks were still hoovering up the Empire's land. But John V had one hope. The Hungarians, Jamie. The Hungarians? Yes, we've not really talked too much about Hungarians no. before, have we? No. Where are they from? Um, <laughs> Uh, not not too far away. Okay. Not too far away at all. Yeah. You see your triangle? Yes. Yeah, just go go to the left-hand side of the triangle and go up a little bit. And oh, okay. then yeah, there's a sort of sort of around there. Um yeah, the Hungarians might help. Just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, they were a power in the region by this point even though we've not talked about them. John, realizing this was looking like end of day stuff, decided on a drastic measure. He couldn't write to the Hungarians and ask for help. He couldn't send his patriarch, he died. He was personally going to go to Hungary and meet their king Ooh. and ask for help. That's that's a quite a risky thing to do. Um, I mean, it's something... I'm, 
please correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeremy. Use your encyclopedic memory. Um, I can't remember a time in all of our podcasts where a Roman emperor has left Roman land to personally ask for help from someone else. No, I just went through the roller decks in my head of all the information yeah. that I have in there. I can't think of that time either. No, drastic stuff. But it's what he's going to do. So he sails up the Black Sea in the depths of winter and then along the Danube. He has with him his two younger sons. Andronicus and Manuel. No, Andronicus is his older son. Damn it! Who is now 17, by the way. We've okay. gone forward quite a bit in time. Yeah, we have. Yeah, Andronicus four, 17, is left in charge of the city. He has with him Manuel Dos. And another child I'm not going to bother mentioning because he's not important. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well do you think this goes? Um, does he get captured? <laughs> well, the Hungarian king, being a Catholic man, had let the Pope know about this meeting. He'd written off to the Pope. Hey, Popey, he said. Uh, Roman Emperor's coming to see me. Um, I'm thinking we turn him down unless he decides to be a Catholic. What are your thoughts? Love and kisses, Louis. Yeah, the Pope writes back and goes, yeah, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Sounds well yeah, do good, that. isn't it? Paraphrasing that exchange there, but roughly that's how it went yeah. down. Um, so we have no record of what was actually discussed in the meeting, but we do know that little Manuel Dos was left behind as a hostage. Oh. Yeah, so John must have agreed to do something and left yeah. his son behind to make sure that it happens. Now, we can infer that what he agreed to was to become Catholic. We don't have it written down anywhere that he agrees to this at this point, but he probably agreed, I will become a Catholic. And also, I'll convert the Roman Empire to Catholicism. Well, that's a major shift that a lot of people won't be happy with. Oh, yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> so, presumably, John was trying to figure out how to break the news to people back home about... <laughs> Dear Patriarch! <laughs> just, just well, hypothetically... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just put a pin in that, because he hits a problem on the way home. Was it a stone in the road? Not quite. In order to get home, he had to pass through some Bulgarian land. The Bulgars refused to let him through. The Bulgar Tsar had got word of a treaty between the Romans and Hungarians, and he did not like this. Well, you wouldn't, would you? So, what, two of my neighbours getting together... The Empire becoming Catholic? Oh, I sure. don't think so. Absolutely not. No. I'm unimpressed and I'm saying so. So no, you cannot come through my land. John found himself trapped. He was all but captured. It's very vague. It doesn't appear like he's actually in a prison, but he can't He can't get home. He's trapped. Well, they're just like two Bulgarian soldiers with a plank of wood saying no, just get in front of him. Maybe every time he's going to pass. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't go up the hill. Mm. No. Roped off section and everything. He just yeah. couldn't get past it. But it's fine, he thought. All I need to do is wait for my son, my beloved son, apple of my eye, chip off my shoulder, Andronicus IV, to save me. After all, Andronicus IV is married to the Tsar's daughter. That's true. So all he has to do is say to his wife, have a word with your dad, let my dad through. It'll be fine. So John waits, and he waits, and he waits. Roger, did he get that letter? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, I definitely gave it to him. Did he read the letter? It's not really for me to say, sir. Oh. I'm merely a message deliverer. Damn postal customer confidentiality. <laughs> Cut to Constantinople. Andronicus is there. 
17, loving life. He's no. in charge. Dad's that, gone. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine! All mine! We do not know why Andronicus does not help his father at this point, but he doesn't. Fortunately for John, however, there was another family member nearby willing to offer help. This was his cousin, Amando of Sausage. Armando of Sausage. Yeah, he was a cousin, obviously, on his uh, mother's side. should probably remind people it's Savoy, not Sausage, just in case you've forgotten and you actually want to check who this person is. Uh, but he's got a, <laughs> he's got a great another... Google search, though. <laughs> you get a lot of dodgy websites, I feel. <laughs> well, um, he had a nickname, did Armando of Sausage, one that wasn't made up by us, because he was known as The Green Count. Ooh. Mm. Did he have gangrene? No, I think he was one of those sausages that has, like, green herbs in it. Oh, nice. Yes, very nice. Like yes, a the green Camp. Oh. Yeah, exactly. The Green Camp was on his way east for one of those lovely crusades that people love having. Ah, splendid. Go so well, lady. Uh, but on his way, uh, he heard of his cousin's plight and decided to divert his attention. Why? Because he's a bally hero, the Green Knight. I'm under a sausage. No ulterior motives whatsoever. No. No, don't look into it. Don't ask about it. It's fine. He's just a good guy. Right, so... <laughs> Do you think he, everyone he meets, I'm a good guy. I'm a really nice guy. I don't know why, but whilst writing my notes, I just had Lord Flashheart from Blackadder <gasps> in my head. Yes. That's who I just assumed this guy was. Does he have, like, green chrome armour? Yes, yeah. That's what he's got. Slightly sparkly. So, in August, um, with 15 ships and a couple of thousand men, he arrives in the Empire and immediately retook Gallipoli from the Turks. Oh. Remember last episode? They lost Gallipoli to the Turks, yeah. and this is a launch pad to the rest of Europe for the Ottomans. This is a big deal. And I'll go into your Emperor Woof! <laughs> yeah, I mean, Armando Sausage jumps from his boat, <laughs> kicks an Ottoman in the chest, he goes flying into the river, <laughs> skewers someone else with his sword, and then just declares that Gallipoli is now his, <laughs> and then just goes and has a lot of sex. I, can you imagine his codpiece as well? Oh, absolutely. Up to um, his chest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a lovely fine suit of armour, sir, but it, did it really need veins? <laughs> So, anyway, um, so a month later, Armando of Sausage arrives in Constantinople. We do not know what he said to Andronicus IV, who was probably having a party at the time and the doors are kicked in uh, by <laughs> Armando. I am here! Woof. Probably calls Andronicus a swat and headbutts him uh, and then says, right, I'm off to save your father. Woof, woof. Yes. But before, I'm going to save your wife from you <laughs> and your small penis. Ha! <laughs> Anyone listening not seen Blackadder? Uh, <laughs> a lot of this we going over your head. Yeah, we might have to stop. Watch the season two episode with, uh, <laughs> with Lord Flashartian. I believe it's the first episode of season two. It is, yes, called yeah. Bells, if you're interested. Oh, yes, yeah, there you go. Mm. So anyway, a month later, well, he spent a month in Constantinople preparing. And a month in the wife. Woof! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Quite. Uh, <laughs> you may have to cut quite a lot of that. <laughs> I will have to decide how much of your impression of Lord Flash Art I keep in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep some. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, a month later, 
After having prepared, uh, he took his men along the coast of the Black Sea and then was able to put pressure on the Bulgars until they handed over John. Hooray! John is saved. He was very relieved to see his cousin. Oh, and uh, there was another man with his cousin as well. Ah, yes. Let me introduce you, says Armando of Sausage. John V, Emperor of the Romans. This is Paul. From the Bible. <laughs> no, no, Close. no. Close. Uh, Paul has come with me by order of the Pope, said Armando. Don't worry about him. Just picture Paul with a clipboard, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's, he's just here to make sure you don't forget any agreements you may have made in Hungary. Yeah. realizations. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, oh, damn. Oh, and... Um, Yes, Paul's the new patriarch, by the way. The new Latin patriarch of Constantinople. Obviously, we're not stepping on any toes, but uh, <laughs> yes, he is the Latin Catholic patriarch of Constantinople. Yes. Just like, why is he Why is he holding rosary beads? <laughs> why is he writing me? down everything I say? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so obviously the King of Hungary had written off to the Pope, and the Pope went, right, okay, let's send someone to make sure he does what he says he's going to do. And um, Armando of Sausage was uh, told to go and make sure it happens. That's why he really was there, it would appear. Um, Not just because he liked fighting wars and uh, reaping rewards. Anyway, after a gap of four months, interestingly, they finally returned to the capital. Not really sure what happened for four months. They just sort of bob around for a bit. (laughs) Presumably they, they, they got lost or something. I don't know. But once they get back to the <laughs> capital... Oh, the clipboard. <laughs> I swear well, I it's in know. this direction. Maybe John Five is trying to figure out how to get into the capital without the actual patriarch realising that there was a new <laughs> Latin patriarch in Ooh, tow of him. Yeah. Yeah. Trumpies uh, is wearing so, a massive sign. New patriarch. Well, once they get to the capital, it became clear that John had been flirting with the Western Church. Like you say, Paul's got a big sign. Uh, The actual patriarch refused to meet Paul and discuss anything. No, I'm the patriarch. It's like, how dare you bring this man into my city? Uh, The patriarch's refusing to meet Paul, so John V reaches out to none other than the religious figure with the most prestige in the city. And that is none other than John Cantacuzinos, who is now a monk. Oh, swear. Yeah, Yeah, this is... uh, He'd been a monk for 13 years by this point. Um, Go and talk to the Latin patriarch about converting, unification of the churches. John VI, let it be known that he was more than happy for the two churches to be unified. Mm. But as ever, the West just wanted domination over the East. If this was an equal merging, then maybe something could be figured out. But you bloody Westerners keep coming over here, telling us exactly how you want our church to be ran. Yeah. So no, do one, Paul, was essentially what was said. P.S. Could I have some more ink for my memoirs? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, actually, Paul uh, went, OK, OK, I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing some negativity here. How about we have an ecumenical council in two years' time, we'll hash it all out. And we'll even have it in Constantinople. How about that? Ooh. Fair enough. Okay. Now, that just so you know... That would be an ecumenical matter. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just so you know, this meeting never takes place for reasons that will become clear. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've got some serious discussion of actual merging yeah. of the churches going on. So how many wills does God... No, not that bloody question! 
Duct tape his mouth. Well, all that's going on. A lot of bishops tying each other up to stop each other from talking. Uh, well, uh, Armando a Sausage, by this point, had convinced his cousin. By the way, uh, unless you get help, you're screwed. The Turks will have you in, in just a matter of years. You need stronger allies. Your only ally at the moment is someone who just betrayed you. So why don't you come back to Italy with me, see the Pope, and ask for help? One Catholic to another. Big wink. Get it? Because you're Catholic now? Yeah. Get it? Yeah? This is Paul just staring and intently at, at, <laughs> at John's like, what's his reaction? One piece of paper with just a yes and no tick <laughs> yeah. boxes next to it. Does yeah. he make the right choice? Well, John said, I can't leave. I cannot leave this, um, the city. There's too much going on. But I promise, I promise that I will I will come and see the Pope. Of course I will. I'm a good Catholic now. Um, yeah. I'll be- Look, I've got some rosary beads they're acorns, sir. They, they do. Um, I'll be I'll, I'll be following you. Don't worry. So, Amando and Paul leave. And I can only assume a lot of people in the city breathed a huge sigh of relief. Oh, thank God they're gone. Right. Okay. Woof. <laughs> Massive pregnancy rate that year, by the way. Yeah, um, the population dropped from the Black Death. Uh, actually, uh, Constantinople yeah. got back up to pre-Black Death levels. Yeah, ten times we- higher. In some cases. Yeah, it was amazing. No uh, anyway, business. Woof. How, how to protect the empire. I mean, he doesn't want to go to the bloody Pope, does he? No. Um, so, right, we're going to need some more fighting men. To get this, I've got a great idea, says John 5. <laughs> we are going to pay some men to fight for us. Mercenaries, yay. Um, not necessarily mercenaries, because no. mercenaries, in fact, um, they are, well, they, they betray you at a drop of a hat. No, we need to raise an army, and we need to be able to pay for an army. And to do that, you need more than just money. You need things like land, land to give to the soldiers as a pension. That's what ah. we need. Yes. So we need so to... Let's... Are they going for the centre, the middle of the triangle? Are they going to try and take that land? Well, not quite that land. No. Um because looking around uh, on a map, the, the guys in the map room are looking very depressed at the moment. <laughs> they run out but, of crayon as well. as like little stubs just left. Like, there's yeah, just there's, left. there's ha- hardly any red left at all. We just don't have much land to give. Uh, however, John noticed that the church seems to have a fair bit of land. A suspicious amount of land, in fact. Let's pay using that, says John. The patriarch understandably not happy with John at the moment as it is, because John's looking worryingly Catholic. Uh, <laughs> he keeps holding those rosary beads. John just going, they're acorns! <laughs> just acorns. <laughs> I promise. Uh, yeah, uh, well, the patriarch just says, no, you can't have the land. I'd rather see the city burn than it fall into the hands of a Catholic. So that kind of attitude. Just just as emperor, just asking you as a patriarch, why why do you need so much land? Because it's the church, and the more wealth they've got, the more they can spread God's But that Kami's answer, he must have given a load of crappy excuses. Um, it I think helps to the... worship God, the more land you have. It's like the Garden of Eden. We're told to toil the land. <laughs> I think the relationship between the patriarch and the emperor had uh, deteriorated so much by this point that, that he just said no. Oh, I don't okay. think any excuse was given, right. to be honest. Fine. Okay. I can't go to war with the church. We're too weak. Fine. Fine. Fine, says John. I will go begging to the Pope. So, 
1369, he announced he was leaving. He placed Andronicus IV in charge of Constantinople once more, probably with a couple of stern words about the parties. Yes. Seriously. Like, what the hell was that last time? And why, why, in fact, I forgot to ask, I was busy when I got back, why didn't you send for help, son? You could have helped me there. No. Mm. <laughs> so I don't mind yeah. parties. You can you can have a little party. Look, I've got some board games for you. Got six and ladders. Yeah. Got drafts. Yeah. We've got chess. Go wild. Now, obviously, something like me being kidnapped is not going to happen again. But just just know <laughs> that if if anything like that happened again, you got to come and rescue me, son. You got it, son. Um, uh... Right. Good. Okay. Right. I'm off. I think that was a yes. (laughs) So, off he goes. Oh, by the way, he puts Manuel Dos in charge of Thessalonica. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Manuel's back from being a hostage. Ah, cool. I'm guessing he fought his way out like a pirate. Uh, I can only assume so, yes. But really, really suave, like kind of, you know, French style with a little kind of foil and just like, ha ha ha. You will never catch me. Yes, My name is Zorro. Exactly. I mean, Manuel. <laughs> Dos. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he got back to Constantinople before his father did. Just, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sit on the throne, legs over the side, black cigarette in his throat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's yeah. how it all was. Uh, so his, his son Manuel's in charge of Thessalonica, the second city. His son Andronicus is in charge of Constantinople. John puts a small retinue together and heads off. He gets on a boat... And where's he going, Jamie? Rome. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, he'll go back to Rome. He arrives in Naples to begin with <gasps> in August. Near Pompeii. Yeah. It's like us. Well, there's a city here like 300 years ago. But ah, never mind. Yeah. Moving oh, on. A bit longer ago than that now. But yes, uh, Naples was currently the capital of the Kingdom of Sicily. <gasps> which was the south of mainland Italy today. Not to be confused, by the way, with the Kingdom of Sicily, which was the island of Sicily. Yes, that's right. There are two kingdoms right next door to each other with the same name at this point in history. That's fun. That didn't confuse me at all. See, that's that's why the whole thing recently with, like, Macedonia in Greece and then North Macedonia, the country. Yes, yeah, similar to that. Yeah. But at this point, it literally is the Kingdom of Sicily and the Kingdom of Sicily, two different kingdoms. One's on Sicily and one's not. They both need to have a long, hard look at themselves in a mirror. Yeah, you'll be pleased to know eventually the two kingdoms of Sicily unify. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, that was useful. <laughs> the Kingdom of Italy. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, Naples is the capital of one of the kingdoms of Sicily. And John stays as a guest with the Queen of Naples for a while, which nice. was probably lovely. He probably, I can only assume, went down into the tunnels for a tour. Oh, and, is, this uh, the, is this the tunnels with the like bones and stuff it's the all, all the old um sewers and tunnels Escape under the tunnels. city yeah i can only assume he heard the faint shouts of romulus augustus down there because remember he never died according to no. us he went into those tunnels <laughs> and jeff was meant to be guiding him and yeah. um and then lost the emperor and then got out and just closed the door yeah. and ah, just walked away Sorry. so yeah Rom- i'm still romulus- down here <laughs> yeah romulus augustus is he hears footsteps hello Please, let me out. I'm a weak emperor of a failing Roman Empire. Can anyone help me? (laughs) And uh, obviously, John V just thought it was his inner monologue. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he had a lovely time in Naples. And after this, Jamie, you guessed it. 
it's off to Rome. Rome! A Rome, Rome. trip. Rome. The first time since Constance II in 663 that we have been to Rome. Almost a thousand years. Well, about 600 years. Oh. That's so yeah. cool. Oh, do you think they do like an open top bus tour? It's like, here's the Colosseum. Well, <laughs> look around, James. Look around. <laughs> like you say, 600 odd years have yeah. passed. And it has not actually changed much at all since oh, we were last okay. here. Right. No, no. Uh, the population is still minuscule compared to the old days. Oh. Uh, in fact, the population in Rome was half of that in Constantinople, even though Constantinople's population at this point had plummeted. <laughs> this is even after the Black Death. We're talking around oh. 20,000 people living in the ruins of a city built for over a million, which is exactly how I described it last time. Yeah. So, yeah, Rome's not suddenly become a big booming metropolis. Oh. It's, I mean, it's a sizable city for the period of history we're in. How, how is the hotel industry, though? I mean, are they, are they picked up? Oh, the hotel industry is pretty good. Um, yeah, because, tourism. Yeah, tourism is actually the main thing that's bringing the money in at this point. Yeah. Uh, so in back in the where... day, this is where the gladiators used to fight. What's a gladiator? Well, uh, we used to put people up and make them fight. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> what, they had no horses? No! <laughs> How stupid! Uh, uh, well, it wasn't tourism like that. No, that was to come later. Uh, oh. No, what do they have in Rome that people are going to go and see? Nothing to do with the Roman Empire. The Vatican. Oh, yes, the Vatican. Uh, yeah, people want to see where the Pope lives. Mm. Yeah, so you do get lots of people coming to the city. But it's still got the cool pyramid with the wall going over it. Yeah, still got the cool pyramid. The I mean, what you can say is last time we saw it, it had only been a couple of hundred years since the decline of the city. So you get the impression then it really was falling apart in yeah. ruin. Uh, it's now been about a thousand years since the city fell properly. Uh, so you get the feeling the city's probably sort of settled into itself now. Yes, there's lots of old ruins around, but they're old ruins that have been there for so long. They're just part of the city and things have been built up around them in a kind of... <laughs> a bit like modern Rome. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, this this is exactly why, by the way, we still get to see so much amazing stuff in Rome. Had the city have thrived during the Middle Ages, they would have knocked stuff down. That's a good and then, point. Yeah. yeah, but it's because they had so much space, they didn't bother knocking the old stuff down. They just built around it because there was hardly any of them. That might explain why, all the, you know, everyone assumes statues are white and marble. So all the paint, yeah, all the because, rain has just edged the paint away over a thousand yeah, odd years. Exactly. So there you go. So yeah, like you say, probably did a bus tour, probably went to see the Colosseum and the Pyramids and the Stairs of Death and... Uh, <gasps> yes. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. All yeah and this is the part things. where Vespasian had a cook thrown through his jaw. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah. There's Trajan's column. Um, <laughs> it's so big. Yeah, oh, the good old days, Jamie. I'm really glad we get to see Rome one more time before the end. Yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's, it, it feels, it feels quite nostalgic doing this. It's quite cool. Yeah, it oh. is. Um, so, a river anyway. tiger, look. <laughs> oh, it's so wet. So after having a good tour and a good look around, uh, John heads to the now very old St. Peter's Basilica. 
Remember, this had been ordered to be built by Constantine the First. Yes. Yeah. By the way, this this basilica will be torn down and rebuilt as the one that oh. stands today in about a hundred years' time. I was gonna say I've been there, but no, I haven't. No, no, we we're not quite, unfortunately, at the point where they've rebuilt it. It is falling apart at this point. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. It, it's old, so see they hadn't they hadn't used goats like they did in a Constantinople. Yeah, exactly. The, those goats maintain the Hagia Sophia. So, so anyway, John goes there. He attended mass with the Pope, and he stays in Rome for five months. The Pope eventually was satisfied. <laughs> John V is now Catholic, and therefore deserves the help of the West. At this point, John's ears pricked up. He looks up, hopeful. What well, you're going to help? Well, not not immediately, of course, but no. you know, if if we're in the area on a crusade, yeah. that kind of thing, we might let you join us. Yeah. yeah, we shall offer hope and prayer. Yes, exactly. For after all, is that not the most powerful thing? No, a bloody army is the most powerful <laughs> thing. Give me a bloody army. Yeah. Steel and sharp things. <laughs> That's what I need. The Ottomans are battering down the doors. I need help, and you shall receive it, my son. Anyway, it's the best he was going to get, John realised So it's time to go home, but not directly He's got a plan He's going to go via a different route He goes back to Naples for a bit Jumps on a ship Sails round the leg of Italy And lands in Venice The Empire, like I said earlier, owes Venice quite a bit of money And also he wants to buy back the crown jewels He's feeling very embarrassed wearing a paper IOU crown uh, he really wants the real one. Torn out of one of his notepads with the blue lines on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Red margin. So it'd be really nice if I got my crown. That would be good. So he arrives and has a meeting with the Doge. If you're imagining his arrival being a big celebratory thing, the first Roman emperor ever to visit Venice, no. The, the Doge just saw him as a debtor. So, okay. Here's pay all about you. Beg. Well, after a meeting, uh, a couple of things came to light. Uh, John didn't actually have the money that he owed. <laughs> I left it in my other robe back in uh, Constantinople. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure it was put more politely than this, but the Doge essentially said, you've walked into my city, you owe me money, and you don't have it. Are you an idiot? <laughs> you insult me, you insult my family. Yeah. <laughs> like full on, I'm, I'm imagining gangsters now. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that's what's going on in Venice. Uh, but he's... <laughs> Little jazz. Uh, but he's got an offer. Okay, I've got a plan, says John. I care for you. I Give me a plan. How about you give me my crown jewels and give me some money and give me some ships and I, Doji, will give you... The Isle of Tenedos. Gateway to the east. Well, the Black Sea, anyway. Uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah. How, how do you like them onions? This intrigues me. Tell me more. Right, okay. Well, the island is the mouth of the Hellespont, as we've said. Venice would have a huge amount of control over trade, and that will really annoy the Genoese. So, the Doge agrees. I agree. John wrote to his son, Andronicus IV, to inform him of the deal. Great news, son. I've got the crown jewels back. Uh, we have some money, so we can now pay for some troops. Fantastic. Uh, just need you to organising the handing over of Tenedos. <laughs> 
I'm seeing a problem here. <laughs> and he waits. <laughs> and he waits. Uh, Roger, that letter did arrive, didn't it? <laughs> Why, of course, Again, sir. Cuts to Constantinople. Roger gives the letter over. Andronicus scans it very briefly and then just flings it to the side and then starts drinking some more. Yeah, the deal hits the snag. Andronicus just refuses. Now, why does he do this? Is he just being a belligerent son? Does he just hate his father? Uh, Quite possibly. But also, it would appear the Genoese in the city were whispering in his ear. They they got word that this deal was taking place. They do not want Venice to get this island. Because Genoa wants the island. Or the Romans can have it, and then it's no one's problem. Back in Venice, John was left very embarrassed. The doge then politely invited him to stay until his debts were paid. (laughs) Here are some dishes. Off you go. (laughs) Give us the island or the money. I don't mind, but give us something. Of course you're not a prisoner, but wouldn't you love to stay a while longer? Yes. Here, see your bedroom. Yes, those are locks. (laughs) Bars on the windows? No, they are protective measures. Well, uh, a year goes by of John, Emperor of the Romans being arrested in Venice. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Eventually, it is none other than Manuel Dos, who turns up with some cash to save his father. (laughs) And John was released. I have six pesos. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the Doge and John were having yet another meeting about how the fact that John couldn't afford to pay, and suddenly there's just a flamenco guitar strum. (gasps) And they look up, and in the doorway, there's Manuel, and he just flicks over a purse of gold. So there you go. Excellent. John is free. Woohoo. He takes a little bit of time getting back to the capital. Uh, Eventually, when he gets back, he was gone for two years in the end. Yeah. And in that time, the state of the empire had deteriorated somewhat more. While he was away, the Turks had taken Adrianople. No! Yeah, look on your little triangle. That's that city gone. Diddy Town's gone. Adrianople's gone. The Turks were now well and truly setting up in the region. The Serbs were the Turks' biggest threat. Now, the empire under Dushan was in tatters. So, as an empire, the... Serbs were no longer a force, but all those fighting men still existed, and they were fighting the Turks. But partly due to the fact that they were fractured into small groups, partly just because the Turks were damn good at fighting, uh, the Serbs were not able to defeat the Turkish invaders. In fact, it was whilst John was travelling from Venice to Constantinople that the decisive battle between the two sides took place, the Battle of Marcia where the Turks dealt a devastating blow to the Serbians. And that's it. No one in the region can stop the Turks anymore. So, John gets back to the capital, and he finds himself cut off by land now, completely. There are no safe roads out of the city. Uh, The empire was now Constantinople and the lands surrounding it immediately. (laughs) A few farms. (laughs) Yeah, Thessalonica and the land surrounding that immediately, and the south of Greece, Moria. Even if the Pope did send a force, it would have to cross enemy land to get to him, and as the Pope had made it clear, they might help if they were doing something in the area. Well, now the area's full of the enemy, they'll probably just get boats and go east. So it's just not looking good. Also, the capital's in disarray. 
Unfortunately, we really don't get much detail, but we know that John 5 ordered a whole bunch of arrests as soon as he got back. He must have been angry. (laughs) We do not get the meeting between him and his son, unfortunately. We don't know what was said. (laughs) (laughs) Why is there a spray-tainted mural on the side of the palace? (laughs) What What, what what is hotboxing? What is this hotboxing room? I don't understand. And what was the last thing I said to you, Andronicus? If, if I ever get captured again, <laughs> what did I have? Just, just one thing. Just one thing. That's all I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we just, we don't know what the, uh, the conversation was, but we know that it must have been very tense between father yeah. and son. And you haven't done the washing up. <laughs> well, a year passes. A very awkward palace, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> just cleaning up Andronicus. Just <laughs> polishing like... Mm. Yeah. And you are not going out until the whole palace is spotless. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, John watched helplessly as the Turks slowly gained more and more land. Raids were common and John desperately looked for a way to stop them. And in the end, through desperation... He decided there was only one way to stop the raids, and that was to go straight to the source, to the man who was ordering them. Morad, the Sultan of the Ottomans. Now, we know the meeting took place, but we get no details, but we do know that after the meeting, it was generally accepted by leaders in the West that the recently Catholic John had gone begging to the Sultan, and now the once great empire was a vassal state of the Ottomans. So have we just seen the end of the Roman Empire in that sentence? Technically, no, because the Roman Empire is still its own empire, but... Realistically? Well, as you'll see, it's about to be tested immediately, because this doesn't go smoothly. Because whilst John was away visiting Morad, uh, (laughs) guess who was left in charge of the city? (laughs) (laughs) Andronicus! (laughs) Woo! Party time! <laughs> John, John could hear that before he'd even left the walls of the city. <laughs> Just the bass coming from the palace. <laughs> Flashing lights. <laughs> Pass the shots, Ram! Man. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, um, really annoyingly, and I'll obviously try and find as much information as I can for Andronicus's episode but we don't get much of what happens next, and it sounds like it's fascinating. Because Andronicus is left in charge, you can probably guess how that goes. There were many in the city who saw John leaving to go begging to the Sultan as the Emperor giving up. This is outrageous. We are the Roman Empire. How, How dare John go and do this? And they talked to Andronicus and said, you should be the Emperor. Get rid of your father. So Andronicus openly rebels but it's more complex than that nah because it's, it's just dutch courage from all the shots he's just like Aah! well it's what i mean by more complex and it sounds fascinating because intriguingly meanwhile morad also had a son and that son hated his father the sultan yeah. and he rebelled at the same time so you got the son of the emperor and the son of the sultan, both of them rebelling at the same time. This is just teenage rebellion, both of them. Uh, they, you, you know they both knew each other. 
Oh, yeah, you get the feeling. They're at the uh, same the... parties. He's probably in yeah. Constantinople at the time. It's like, yeah, I'll rebel as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, actually they, they leave. Uh, Andronicus leaves the capital to join up with Morad's son. Party uh, train. His name Woo. is uh, Zoutzi, if I'm pronouncing that even correctly, vaguely correctly, I've seen yeah. it. Spout at least four different ways. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one way was S A U D Z I. Saudi. Anyway, <laughs> don't get too attached to him. Uh, we right. don't need to know his name too well. Uh, we get very few details, but we do know that both sons fail in their rebellions. Morad was furious with his son, blinded him, and then had him killed. I mean, like, a week of grounding is probably just not, wasn't enough then. Definitely not. No. no. Okay. It's like, if you're going to execute someone, why blind them first? So you can tell how... How angry Morad was. And then the Sultan of the Ottomans sent a letter to John saying, And what are you going to do to your son? Oh. Yes. In fact, I'll tell you, John, you are going to blind your own son, and let's be safe, your grandson as well. Oh. Yes, because Andronicus IV has a little boy at this point. His name is John Seven. Put a box around him. I'm assuming he doesn't at least blind his grandson. Well, he's in a bind here. What does he do? He could follow the order and show the world how weak he is. The Ottoman says blind your own son and grandson and he does it. Or he could refuse and risk the wrath of the Sultan. The only thing keeping the Roman Empire alive at the moment is the agreement that he's just made with this man. He can't go back on it immediately. Yeah, this is so part of the agreement, though. You'd argue, well, we didn't agree to this. This is you just give me advice. This is parental <laughs> advice. Well, come on, what are you what are you going to do? You're John Five. This is a dilemma. I, I mean, my my, I mean, from the character we've set up in this episode, I see Andronicus as a bit of an idiot. Um, <laughs> so it might be best for him to be blind. <laughs> it's for your own good. <laughs> it's for your own. Well, I mean, don't good. scream! Don't scream! It's fine. <laughs> It'll stop soon. <laughs> the pain will be gone in ten years. <laughs> ten to twelve Count years. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, in the end, he goes for a compromise. He blinds both his son and his grandson, but in a way that did not leave them completely or at least permanently sightless. Details are vague, so it's impossible to know exactly what this means, but some have suggested that he blinded them both in one eye. Could it be the vinegar thing where he just like... That is another idea just that he blinded ways. them. Yeah, as in he went through the ceremony of blinding, but didn't do it for enough. So that, therefore, they were able to be treated and they could they could definitely see in later life. That is a fact. I have another theory. Yeah. Um, feed them loads of sugar. Give them glaucoma. Ah, yes. So it takes a while to kick in. It'll probably be another yeah. like 80s when it kicks in, but there you go. So he, he's, John's there explaining to Morad, oh no, I'm definitely blinding them, and then it pans to one side and there's Andronicus and little John just eating lollipops. <laughs> yeah. John nudges them both and they both go, oh yes, no, this is terrible. Oh, I'm being blinded. Uh-huh. Oh, save us, <laughs> save us. <laughs> no, probably more likely they were both just stabbed in an eye each. Nasty. So there you go. Uh, oh, by the way, Andronicus is disinherited at this point. He's no longer the heir. He was imprisoned with his family. 
So they're under under arrest. Manuel Dos is called from Thessalonica. Son, yes, papa, it is time for you <laughs> to be the heir. You are now heir and co-emperor. So there you go. He's now co-emperor. This is why we have a box around him. Andronicus IV is out. Manuel Dos is in. And with that done, John turned back to the debt with the Venetians. Still wants those crown jewels. He still wants to pay off the debt. Uh, the deal with Tenedos is back on. So, the Venetians turn up with ships to claim the island. Slight problem, though. The Genoese had heard about the deal and did not want their rivals to control the Hellespont. So the Genoese devise a plan. In July of 1376, Andronicus IV is broken out of prison. The Genoese then send him to Morad, who gives him some men. Why not? Yeah. Even though you rebelled against your father and I told your father to punish you. Yeah, if you want to rebel this time, I'll give you some men. Yeah, screw Murad, it. Again. Obviously, yeah, obviously at this point, it's like, yeah, fight amongst yourselves. You keep fighting amongst yourselves and then yeah. I will pick up the carcass whilst you're done. Here you go. Here, here's a bag of fun. Here's a little baggie of fun. <laughs> Just enjoy it on the way there. It's fine. There, yeah, there you go. Uh, within a month, Andronicus IV was inside the capital, storming the palace, and there's nothing John V could do. He was removed from the office by his son, and Andronicus IV becomes the emperor. The end. That was a really interesting episode. That was really good. Mm. Oh, it was a bit more. Oh. No, yeah, a little bit more. Bit of an epilogue here. Uh, John and uh, his son Manuel were imprisoned. Not in a nice, cushy house arrest either. Apparently it was like a dingy tower cell kind of thing. Yeah. For three years they were stuck in there, as Andronicus IV ruled the empire. A new patriarch was appointed. The half-blind son, John VII, was crowned emperor, so that's why he's got a box around him. Tenedos was given to the Genoese, not the Venetians. Yeah. Uh, resulting in a full-blown war between the two naval superpowers that we're not going to cover. Gallipoli was given back to the Ottomans after Armando of Sausage had taken it. Morad gets Gallipoli back, so that's why he yeah. said, yeah, have some men. So generally, the Empire's just deteriorating, and John V is just rotting away in a cell. Until one day, John and Manuel escape. Oh. We have no idea how. We have no details. Floss. Floss, maybe. On, um, on, a, on a thing just, like, flossing away for years. Yeah. Yeah, um, some historians have speculated it's the Venetians. Some have said they did it on their own. I mean, Manuel's there, so he probably single-handedly fought his way out of the prison with his father slung on his back. Um, but uh, who knows? We don't know. Uh, guess where they go? Rome? Vatican? No, no. Oh, oh Constantinople. Uh, they were in. They were imprisoned in Constantinople. Oh, back into the prison cell. I thought, actually, it's pretty uh, cosy here. <laughs> no, off to Morat. Oh, uh-oh. He's the only power in the region. If they want to get back on the throne, they've got to go through him. The Sultan, obviously enjoying himself by this point, said, yeah, of course I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> have have some men and go, and go and coup against the coup that I helped the last time. Why not? <laughs> off you go. For a price, of course. <laughs> uh, so, John marches on the capital, supported by Venice and the Turks. Andronicus IV was forced to flee. He didn't flee very far. He popped across the water, the stretch of water called the Golden Horn. You know how Constantinople's just like sticks out in a bit of land? Yeah. 
just above it is a wide river, and then there's a bit of land across the river. We're yeah. not talking about going across the water into Anatolia here. We're still on the European side. We are just just north of the city. This, by the way, I keep saying that the Genoese have their own quarter in the city. This is what I mean. It's like, it's technically not part of Constantinople, but it's seen as part of the same city. It's across the water. So that's where Andronicus goes. This Genoese colony is able to um, become its own fortification. For a year, the two sides fight each other from across a narrow stretch of water. They're pretty much in the same city as each other, just walled up in separate sections. So you've got John V, Manuel, and the Venetians on one side, and you've got Andronicus IV and the Genoese on the other side. Yeah. Obviously no one's going to win this. It's a nope. stalemate. Yep. <laughs> so an agreement was eventually made. Andronicus IV would become the heir, and John V would become the emperor once more. Hooray! Yes. So we're not at the end of the episode, Jamie. Ah. We just... We just go into John 5's second reign. Excellent. This should have been the second episode. Yeah, well, we didn't We didn't split Justinian's episode up when he had multiple reigns, so we're not going to here. So there you go, John 5, he's back. He's back and he's badder than ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was decided Andronicus would move down the coast and live in a city there because <laughs> Constantinople was not large enough for father and son by this point. They despised each other. Uh, Manuel was the big loser. He was no longer the heir. Manuel go back to Thessalonica. He was probably seething, but he didn't let it show because he's no. too cool. I will do as you ask. He just walked into a sunset. Oh. Yeah, off he goes. Flicked his cigarette. Lots of men and women just weeping, watching him go. Yeah. No, Manuel. Yeah. I have six of your children here. <laughs> I have eight. I have four. <laughs> um. <laughs> Meanwhile, by the way, down in Moria, uh, Manuel... Not the Manuel we've been talking about. This is Manuel Cantacuzinos, the mm. brother of Matthew. Yeah, remember Matthew had a brother called Manuel who was clearly cooler than him in the last Vaguely, episode? yes. Yeah, um, well, oh, yes. he just yeah, died. Oh, yes, no, do you remember? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, he's just died. Uh, oh, Matthew... brilliant. Yeah, Matthew took over for a little bit, but yes. John Five. <laughs> yes, finally! <laughs> Yeah, John Five then puts uh, one of his other sons that I'm not going to bother naming in charge down there. No! So, <laughs> so now... <laughs> poor Matthew. Uh, so now uh, there is a Paleologos family member ruling Moria. Manuel is ruling Thessalonica. John Five is, in theory, in charge of everything in Constantinople. And his son Andronicus is just down the road. How nice. For the next five years or so, there was an uneasy peace. Morad, meanwhile, hoovering up land in Anatolia. He leaves Europe to it for a bit and just takes over all the other Turkish emirates that were in Anatolia. You remember I said there were quite a few? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's pretty much now all Ottoman. Yeah. Now expanding and expanding quickly. Then, after doing that, he turns his attention to Europe once more, and he's making huge strides there. Towns and cities were learning very fast. If they gave up immediately and officially converted to Islam, then their lives wouldn't really change much. It's fine. The individuals didn't necessarily have to convert, but the city had to be a, uh, a Muslim city. And, um, yeah, so actual lives, probably not that different. If they resist, however, um, their lives would be very different in one very significant way. Cut very so, short, I imagine. Yes, so a lot of towns and cities were just falling to the Ottomans. Nothing John can do. Uh, Andronicus IV, however, manages to muster up enough forces 
to actually do something at this part. Was the do something to die? No, no, oh. you get some troops. And also, when Andronicus IV mustered up some troops, so did John V. And then, guess what they do? Run away, die, explode. No, no, no they fight each other oh. with those forces. Oh, wonderful. Good use of, yeah. good use of sources there. What? Yes, uh, apparently Manuel in Thessalonica was just looking at this going, oh my God, what the hell is wrong with my family? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So John fights his son Andronicus. Uh, No decisive victory in this pitch battle, but there you go. That's the second time John actually does some fighting. And um, civil war was about to erupt, but then Andronicus IV suddenly dies. Oh. Presumably Lurgy. Mm. Yeah. So that's civil war avoided. So that's good. Fab. Who knows? Maybe he was put down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe he was. He caught uh, the but... plague. Plague being yes. <laughs> sharp steel through his skull. Who knows? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So disaster averted. The empire, as it was, stumbled along for a bit more until John received word from Morat. Your son, Manuel, is causing me some problems. We're allies. Why is he fighting me? So John sent word to Manuel, what are you doing? We we can't fight the Ottomans, just let them take the land they take. If we stop fighting them, they'll let us keep Thessalonica and Constantinople. But if you keep fighting them, they'll, they'll turn on us. Manuel refused. No, I'm fighting for my land because I'm a Roman emperor, damn it. Unlike some people. Yeah, so father and son fall out. And this led to John announcing that Manuel was now a rebel. He was a usurping emperor, apparently. For a couple of years, Manuel fights against the Turks, uh, but in the it's a, just a losing battle. He can't do it. Thessalonica falls. Manuel put up a fight, but he just couldn't save the city. He returned to the capital with his tail between his legs. He was received very coldly by his father, and John sent him to an island in exile. So, there you go. That's Thessalonica gone. I want to make a note of that on your map. Let's cross it out. Like... Yeah. So the empire now is just Constantinople and a few farms and um, Moria. That's it. Uh, but Morad dies. Sultan of the Ottomans. He's oh, dead. Splendid. Yeah. But yeah he died in battle. Family, but... No, dies in battle against the Serbs. It makes, as you can imagine, a huge... Uh, no, no difference at all, actually, to the wider political picture. No. Uh, his son, Bayezid, just smoothly takes over. Sign of a, a good, strong empire. Political transition. Yeah. Didn't miss a beat. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> the Ottomans just continue their dominance of the Balkan Peninsula. I like to think that he died saying halfway through a sentence his son carried on the sentence. <laughs> and and Bayezid just, just stands, yeah. smoothly stands into place. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, something did change, however, and that's the support of John V. Uh, Murad, by this point, had decided, yeah, John V is in charge of the Romans. I own him and he knows it. I don't need to do anything. Uh, But his son had no history with the now ageing man. However, Bayezid did notice there was this young youth hanging around, uh, knocking about with the Genoese, declaring how he was the true emperor and he wanted revenge on the man who had blinded him as a child. Because John Seven's still about. Yeah. So, Bayezid, perhaps a learning from his father that a Roman Empire tearing itself apart was more useful than a unified one, Mm. gave John VII some troops so he could rebel against its grandfather. In 1390, 
John VII suddenly arrived in Constantinople with a force of men, and he was able to take the palace with ease. We actually have a first-hand account of this happening. Uh, apparently people were lining the streets cheering the name of John VII, mainly because there were men with swords behind their backs. That helps. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. John V is deposed. The wow. end. A little bit of an addendum, though. Uh, John VII has the city. He's in charge. Uh, but he didn't actually get John V. John oh. V locked himself up in a tower uh, near the walls. <laughs> So he's in the city, just locked up in a tower. He'd managed to get word out to his son, Manuel. Son, I know I, I exiled you. I know we had a falling out, but any chance you could help me out here? Uh, my grandson's going to kill me. Um, I, I hope that's my paper airplane through the window. It just, like... Kept yeah, <laughs> that's what he did. Uh, a couple of months later, John Five had all but given up hope. And suddenly, that flamenco guitar just uh, strums a note. And there is Manuel, leaning against the doorway of his imprisoned tower. Hola, papa. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was there, ready to retake the city. Uh, John took one look at his uncle and ran. John V, reinstated to the throne for his third reign. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm assuming you... Because I did tell you this at the end of last episode, that he actually has three separate reigns. I'm assuming you I, forgot. I... Well, obviously, yes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't long before John V received word from Bayezid, however. I'm not happy, said the new sultan. Now, Bayezid's plan was to have this young idiot of an emperor on the throne that he could control. Yeah. And John V's just ruined that. So the letter says, I'm not happy. The tribute's going up. And to make sure you pay every time that you owe me... Hand over Manuel. But he's the cool one. Well, I can only assume John was saying, I can't, I can't possibly do this, and he's in a bind, <laughs> and Manuel just sighs, kicks his feet off oh. the, the table, puts his flamenco guitar down, lights up a cigarette, and without even saying anything, just walks out, and no one needs to ask, no. where are you going? They just know Better. he's going off, he's going off to be a hostage for the Sultan. And they put on really loose handcuffs. Like, he could get out of them if he wants to. It's just a show. He's just like... Yeah, exactly. I will yeah. come with you. Yeah. So, See Manuel you. goes, and uh, he is now hostage uh, to the Sultan of the Ottomans. Guess who's already there? Because where do you think John Seven fled to when he fled? Ah! John... <laughs> ah, John Seven. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway... That's for future episodes. John V, meanwhile, in the city, saw the writing on the wall. And this time it wasn't graffiti from Andronicus. <laughs> he realised that that's it. it. It's inevitable. They're going to take the city. Might not be tomorrow. Might not be for a few years. But they are going to take the city. I need to actually do something about this. So he orders that the walls be strengthened. You know the walls? Oh, yeah. They're damn good walls, aren't they, Jamie? They're yeah. Very hard to get past those walls. Yeah, they're big, big, strong yeah. walls. Big, big, strong, falling apart, haven't been maintained walls. Oh. We need these walls back up in, in working order. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll stand a chance. So he orders that the walls be strengthened. Do they get, like, repointed and, and rendered, like, plaster over the front? That kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all very good. Yeah. They're in the middle of building this wall. Send the goats! And uh, Roger turns up. Hello, sir. Message from the Sultan. Message from the Sultan, sir. He looks quite cross. 
Well, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially it said, I know what you're doing. Stop building your wall or I'll blind and imprison your son. That's quite a tricky decision, sir. <laughs> I would not impose myself. However, I, I, I shall take leave. <laughs> John is said to have taken the news hard. He shut himself in his palace. His health declined and he died shortly afterwards. Oh. The end. Oh. So there you go. That is, that's John 5. And, and by the way, just so you know, we have obviously Andronicus's episode and John 7's episode. They're going to be short because we've already covered everything they did. Yeah. Manuel gets an episode and Manuel is the father of the last two emperors. Oh. Yes. In fact, I didn't think to check, but I'd be very surprised if Constantine Eleven is not alive by this point. We're, we're really getting to the end now, Jamie. I'm getting the same yeah. feeling when we finish the Western Empire. Yeah, it's just it's really kind depressing, of like, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. It's just all falling it's apart. It's like watching The Walking Dead. This is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I... I I'm hoping that Constantine Eleven goes out in a fighting blaze of glory uh, on the uh, walls, shouting. Um, but uh, th- you this can is, take this... our lives. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the feeling that this this is the more apt death of an emperor. Just him receiving news that he has no power anymore, and slowly shutting himself in a room. Yeah, and dying of grief. I'm withering away. Oh yeah. my goodness, let's rate the hell out of him. <laughs> okay. Fighting Maximus. Right, well, fighting. Uh, Not much in terms of himself. Uh, but in terms of in terms of anything, he fought back some raids from the Bulgars and wasn't able to um yep. to do anything. Mm. Um and uh he fought a pitch battle against his son with yes. no decisive victory. Apart from that, I mean, all the Civil War stuff in his youth, it, it wasn't really him. No. Um, he did sneak into the city a couple of times. I was going to say, he he managed to become, like if we're talking about political yeah. fighting, he became emperor three times. Yeah, yeah. And also he did, sorry, I completely forgot uh, in my notes here, um, it's only just come back to me. Obviously he fought against Matthew. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but that that was all skirmishes. Nothing major, and he certainly didn't win. No. He did some fighting at some point. He did. But there was nothing impressive whatsoever. I, I, I don't know where this falls in fightiest, but the fact that he became emperor three times... I mean, I, I was, it's more sort of like, ah, oh, you'll do, kind of thing. But, it, that, um, that's because he was a puppet to other people. That is yeah, definitely not fightiest. We can well, talk about this in successors, I think. Yeah, it's definitely maybe. not fightiest. I'm going to give him a token of two points... One for him fighting Matthew, one for him fighting against his son. Uh, yeah, I'll, I think I'll match your two. I think that's that's fair from what he did. He made a good attempt at a lot of things, but it wasn't quite what he needed. No. But he was he was an emperor of circumstance, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy to rule no. in, in this time. Like, um, if he'd have followed, like, Trajan, he'd have been probably better suited, but... Yeah, uh, but I think you could argue, and maybe it is source bias, uh, but 
we've just come off the back of John Six Cantacuzinos, and he was ruling in a very tricky time. Uh, but I just got a much better feeling of him. Uh, yeah, but he wrote, think, he wrote so narrative though. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, <laughs> but I think we're we're starting to bleed into other uh, rounds here. So let's let's walk into the next room, Jamie. After you. Mm. Ooh. Crazy. Okay, um, Crazium nothing. He does nothing crazy. Oh. Well, he, he, he half-blinded his son and his grandson. <laughs> I was about to say, opprobrium. Um, <laughs> he can definitely pick up some points. So, let's have a think here. He, arguably, single-handedly contributed to the fall of the Roman Empire more than any other emperor for a very long time. Because he kept on fighting a civil war and refusing to not be emperor. Yeah. He could have let it go with John VI, who was, by all accounts, not hugely well-liked, but a decent emperor. But he wouldn't let it go until he was in charge. And as soon as he was in charge, he didn't do anything to help the empire. No. He all he did was go around Europe begging and then give in to the Ottomans. And he's also um, begging so, for more weapons. He wasn't begging for the wealth of his empire and his people. He's like begging for more fighting. Yeah. I mean you great. could argue what else could he do? He, he literally could do nothing else. Right. Um but it links it to success as Ultimus. Uh but as for the opprobrium, what this leads to is him becoming a vassal state. Yeah. That's the Roman Empire no longer really in charge of itself. Like you said, is that it? Is that the end of the empire? And there was an argument to be said for it, because he now has to jump when the Ottomans talent to. And that leads to the fact that he blinds his own son and grandson. Not because they rebelled, because he was willing to forgive them for that, but because he'd been ordered to by someone else. Not good. Uh, I, I don't think this is... A huge points thing, um, nope. but I definitely think he can pick up some points for these I, actions. I'd be happy with a five from me because I think that's yeah. That's fair. I think middle of the range because he doesn't do anything hugely crazy. Um, but no. oh, oh, there's some opprobrium there. Okay, that's a ten for this round. Next round. Success, Okay, uh, I mean we've kind of already talked about this in the last two rounds. Um, oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the empire is so much worse. I mean, it was an awful state when he became emperor. It's in, it's in dire straits now. Why did he use troops to fight his own son when he could have been throwing his weight behind the Serbs to fight back? There were Serbian forces fighting back the Turks. He could have tried to join in there. Yeah, he, he just focused on the wrong thing at the wrong time. Yeah, you get the feeling. I mean, he got unlucky in many ways, but seriously, why did he keep putting his son in charge of the of the city when he was away? It was a disaster. Every Three times in a row he did it, and three times something disastrous happened. Yeah. He obviously had a far more competent son in Manuel. It's like if you do it, for, if you do it once, then you learn from that. You, that's intelligence. It's like, okay, I'm not yeah. going to do that again. You do it twice, it's like... Uh, you could argue it's unlucky. Yeah. yeah. The third Three time, times. you're an idiot. As as Bush said, fool me once, shame on on me, fool you, can't can't get fooled again. Yeah, so. exactly. I forgot about that quote. 
literally my favourite Bush quote. <laughs> I might I might have uh, misquoted slightly there, but it's essentially the same. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, just it's just awful. Uh, this is one yeah. of the very, very worst mm. we have ever come across, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I think from yeah. both of us, that's going to be a zero, right? It's a zero. Yes, it is. He's single-handedly destroyed the Empire. Image of Okay, here we go. Um, something a bit different this time. Yeah. He looks like yes. he's been paused on a VCR. Lots of static going on. Yes, this, this here is a mosaic of him in the Hajj Sophia. Isn't that nice? That mosaic went very wrong. It's like they just obviously gave up. Because you see the colours are there, just in the wrong place. Yeah, it's a restored one. It got damaged. Um, and rather than trying to figure out how to put the hat back together, they clearly didn't bother. So <laughs> it does look a little bit like his image is loading on a 90s <laughs> internet computer. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that said, the detail in his beard is fantastic yeah. for a mosaic. You can yeah. see all the like strands of hair and stuff. It yeah. is a very impressive mosaic. It's a shame that it's half destroyed. Uh it's it's different. Uh we've not seen mm. something like this for a very long time. It's like his I'm head really has exploded it. under the stress. Maybe it's a message. His eyes are a bit wonky. Meh. And his mouth looks like it's in the wrong place. But apart from that, <laughs> um it's it's pretty good. Uh it's not amazing though. I mean it's not terrible. It's it's not terrible. Uh, it's up a score just because it's something different and it's not the mm. boring manuscript pictures. Uh, I'm going to go seven. Seven? Wow. Yeah. I, I will match you with seven. Okay, so that is a score of... 3.5. 3.5 for this round. Completed. How long does he last? Like working it out, it's something like... 57 years or something? This, this one's debatable uh, because... Look at the fact that he had three different reigns. You look at the fact that he was the junior emperor as a child and didn't actually do any ruling on his own. Um, you can calculate this in so many different ways. You can argue, because he became emperor in 1341 and he died in 1391, that he reigned for 50 years. That's impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, but you could also argue, if you like count up the amount of years he was actually solely in charge and actually making decisions, it was more like 17 years. Do we take off the three years that his son was ruling? I think we should, because he was in prison at the time. Yes. He was not the emperor. Uh, should we take off the few months that his grandson was ruling and he was hidden in a tower? Yeah. Mm, possibly. So let's round that up to four years, shall we? Uh, shall we take off uh, when he was a child, because he was junior emperor? Have we done that in the past? We have not been consistent. <laughs> well, no, should that's we, true. Should we give it from when he was crowned as a child, or shall we give it from when he uh, monks Constantine VI? I think that's him I, coming I, emperor. I think from when he monks, is that makes a lot more sense. That's when he's actually fully emperor. Because he's not an emperor. He's not the main emperor, is he? He's just a, a a child with... Okay, right. In which case, we're going to say he became emperor in 1354. That's when he deposes six. Okay. That gives him 33 years, which is quite impressive still, which gives him a score of 4.13 for this round. Okay, so what's his score? 
21.13. Uh, considering how bad of an emperor he was. <laughs> That's a respectable score. Yeah. There's a reason why we have Je ne sais pas around. Let's make a judgment. Do they have a certain Je No! No. Oh, he, he, he gave up the empire to the Ottomans. Yeah, you, you'd no! Men- you'd mention him. <laughs> you'd mention him. You'd, you'd mention him, but he, uh, he, he is almost single-handed. Well, it wasn't just him. Multiple no, years wasn't. prior, and his family, his bloody family. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No. No. Okay, well, that's it then. That is John 5. Uh, so, next time, we're going to do the short, pathetic rule of Andronicus 4. Um, and I haven't decided, we might also squeeze in in the same week the even shorter, even more pathetic rule of John 7. No. Uh, but actually, we get quite a bit of sauce on John 7, so I might use that as a, a episode where mm. I give more detail about what else is going on in the world. Are we going to hit Manuel? Then it's Manuel. Ah. Don't worry, Manuel Dos is coming. And then it's his two sons, John 8 and Constantine 11. And then we're done, Jamie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, five more episodes, that's it. Five more episodes till retirement. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Right, okay, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And thanks for downloading us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you download us from. Okay, great. Thank you very much, and all that needs to be said is... Fetch my golden sword! Oh, wait. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, Andronicus, fantastic. You've just sit here, please. Yes, uh, thank you. It's a very comfy chair. Thank you. Yes, of course. And uh, if you could just read the top line over there for me, uh, just one letter at a time. Okay. Um, a, C, W, V, X, K, and Y. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, uh, 2020 vision. Oh, um, splendid. Yes, I mean... Would be splendid if it wasn't for the fact that we are supposed to be blinding you. Um, now, obviously, your father doesn't want you completely blind, um, but we have guaranteed a certain level of blindness, and it would appear that the uh, skimmed milk has done nothing to uh, impede your eyesight, so oh. I'm afraid to say it's back to the rooms. Uh, oh dear, it's quite uncomfortable. Excellent, in you come, oh. yes. Um, oh. Oh, right, oh. okay, if you could just uh, read the top line yes. again. Uh, I-C-A-N-S-E-E. Ah, yes, yeah, so it would appear semi-skim milk also is uh, not enough to actually part blind no, you. No, I, mean, I mean, it's uh, quite it, uncomfortable, I have to say. I mean, oh. Yes, well, uncomfortable's definitely not what we're going for. It's um, uh, half blind, it says here. I meant to half blind half you. Blind. Um, oh, gosh. Yes, and we're just not used to this, you see. Blinding, give me a blinding any day. Yes. Ten a penny. Ten a penny. But right now, half blinding. I'm, I'm not quite hitting my stride with it, I'll be honest. But uh, always love a challenge. Yes. Anyway, back to the okay, room. Okay. Oh, really? We'll see what we can oh. do. Oh! Oh! Third time's the charm, as they oh. say, sire. So, uh, just read that, that top line again. very strong milk. Um, yes. I C A N. S-T-I-L-L-S-E-E.
Oh. Yes. Okay, right. I'm I'm beginning to think making me milk is the issue rather than the uh, the type of milk. Well, everything's a bit foamy. I mean. Yes. Well, foamy's not what we're going for. Um. Right. Well, back to the room. We'll improvise. We'll improvise. I'll think of something when we get okay. there. So, so if you just 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 read the top oh. line for me, yes. Oh. Sorry, I'll just here. I'll wipe away all the blood. Oh. Here we go. Uh, 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 I T H U R T S. Hmm. Curious. You see, I did actually like embed that nail right into one of your eyes this time. Oh. I, I thought maybe it was overkill, but you're still reading the entire top line. It's still in there. The nail is still in there. Yes. Yes. Oh, well. Um, Sebastian, fetch fetch the randy bull. No, no. Oh, what? What? What bull? What room? Where am I? Everything's dark. Ah, excellent. It obviously took a while to kick in. Perfect, sir. Congratulations. You're now half blind. Wonderful. <laughs>